Hi, I'm Damon Frank, and you're listening to The Recovered Life Show. Every week, we bring you a Recovered Life discussion all about how to get unstuck in areas of your sobriety that are keeping you from living your best recovered life. Remember, addiction is a life-threatening condition, and the information in this discussion is provided as a resource only and is not to be used or relied upon for any diagnostic or treatment purposes. This is not a substitute when professional diagnosis or treatment is needed. Now, let's jump into the discussion. Welcome, everybody, to Recovered Life Discussions. You're in the Unstuck Room with Damon Frank and Anne. Every week, uh, we come to you with a topic that you might feel stuck in. You might feel a little stuck in, a, in an area of your recovery. And that's what we do with the Unstuck Room and Recovered Life Discussions is we break down uh, a topic and we try to get a little bit less stuck by the end of it. So every week we come to you with this new topic. Today we've got how to build integrity. And uh, this could have gone either way. I could have made this a positive one, how to build integrity or uh, how to, uh, you know, how to deal with people that think that you don't have integrity, all of which uh, happens in the early addiction uh, process. In, in my experience, a lot of people uh, have been out there doing the thing. And uh, when they get in and sober up and realize what's going on, they realize, oh, man, I was out of integrity with this and I was out of integrity with that. And there's a process to trying to be able to get that back. So that's what we're going to dive into today. Um, I'm always joined by my co-mod, Anne, uh, who brings a ton. Anne from Access to Experts. How you doing, Anne? I'm doing great. I was I was in there pinging people and posting. <laughs> I'm I'm doing great, and interestingly enough, um, this topic of integrity has been in the forefront of what I'm working on right now. You know, that's it's the measuring stick, if you will. So I'm, I'm yeah, I'm having a great week, and I hope you are too, Damon. I know it's Thursday, so it's been uh, we're almost there to the weekend. It's a journey. It is a journey. Um, I've had a pretty good week so far. Um. It could get a little bit better, and uh, hopefully some things are turning around today for me, which is good. Some things I've been working on, but uh, other things have been going well. So uh, thanks for asking, and I do believe that, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great, great week. Um, so let's dive into this, Anne. Um, integrity. Um, you know, what is this all about? Why is it important? Uh, you know, I think we should start with a definition, just like you said. So integrity is defined as the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness, or the state of being whole and undivided. I love that, undivided, whole and undivided. Um, what do you think of that definition, Anne? Is it what you thought integrity was? Yes, uh, it, my take on it was basically being authentic and being honest and um, knowing knowing uh, what my principles are, if you will, and uh, being congruent 
with what I believe, being congruent with others in what I say, showing up. So basically, um, know who you are, do what you uh, do what you say you're gonna do, say what you mean, you know, and and, and you know, so it's, it's, it goes in different ways, and I think I see it in different ways because I've had to look at this particular aspect of myself, uh, basically throughout, and I, I integrate it with everything that I do, whether it's my personal life or business, and you know, so it just keeps coming up. Am I aligned? Is this what I'm? What I'm? Uh, is this what I believe? Is this what I intend to do? Is this what I will do? So yeah, it's huge. Love it. You know, one of the things, Anne, when I read the, why, why I love to read the definition. Ever since I got into recovery several decades ago, I had somebody that was early influence in my recovery said, "You know what? Uh, do you exactly know what you're talking about? Let's look up." The definition of honesty. Let's look up the definition of spirituality. Let's look up the definition of integrity. And you know what? It's interesting because I always catch things when I look in the definition of it, of the root, right? Like what's the root of integrity in my sobriety? And one of the things that says in the actual definition is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles and moral uprightness. And I think this is an issue that a lot of people in recovery face especially in early recovery during the transition between non-drinking and drinking, right? Which is this idea of morality. And I know we've come a long way in recovery. You know, uh, many people have looked at alcoholism, drug addiction, codependency, any type of addiction as a moral failing, as a moral failing, even if you didn't harm anyone, right? So we're not talking about, you know, if you go out and get drunk, get in the car and run over a kindergarten teacher, you know, we're, we're not, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about breaking rules or anything like that. Right. Even without having acted out or hurt anyone. Okay. In addiction, people still have this connotation and interpretation that somehow it's a moral failing if you have addiction issues. And I'd like to say that this has changed totally. It's changed a lot since I came in in the early 90s, uh, but it hasn't changed totally. And there are some people that even today, you know, if I just said, hey, you know, yeah, I'm a recovered alcoholic, would immediately think negative of me, even though I've been sober for 29 years, right? They'd, they'd, they'd say, hey, you know what? I don't really, that's something, something's wrong with you morally, right? I know, Anne, you have been around the block with as far as experiences go, right? In recovery, you've experienced a lot of things in business and in personal stuff. Have you seen the change with this, with, with it, it, with addiction being a moral issue? Uh, yes, I definitely have. And, um, you know, I've, I've been around 32 years and you know the next valentine's will be 33 if i keep doing what i'm doing and a lot of it has to do with uh, me um, internally so you said a moral issue i remember when i first came in people didn't talk about it and i i did not share it with people for several reasons one when in early um early sobriety we're really 
very vulnerable to other people's thoughts because we're not on solid ground yet. And I know people judge. How did I know? Because I judged. It's like, I judged. I was like, I had my own idea of what somebody in recovery is thinking or doing, their their integrity, there's something wrong with them. Because I know that because I would always uh, find people who may were a little bit worse off than I was, so I would feel better about where I was. And you just keep lowering the bottom. So if I'm judging other people who are in recovery or need to be in recovery, um, it usually, it, it came from me knowing that I was not in integrity with myself. I couldn't trust myself to do what I said I was going to do, which was, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to pick up again. I'm not going to say, I could not trust myself to do what I said I was going to do. So if I can't trust myself, and I know it's because you know, I'm picking up a drink or a drug, then you're in the same boat. Why would I trust you? And so we judge others based on where we are and we attract people based on where we are. And so coming from that space, yeah, I see a huge difference starting with me, but also, you know, I have watched it evolve over the last few decades, um, having superstars, uh, celebrities and sports celebrities, whatever, showing up and saying, you know, hey, I have a problem. A president, uh, you know, our first lady showing up many years ago saying I have a problem, let's do something about it. It has had a huge impact on how people see it, but it's still, somehow I, I still believe it is attached to our perception from our experiences, whether our own experience that people in recovery can't be trusted because they have a lot of emotional issues, so they can't stay in integrity, or we've had a family member who meant everything they said. I'm so sorry, I'll never do it again, but then they did it again. We can't trust them either. And so I think it's it's that, the, the integrity aspect of it, we can't trust ourselves, we can't trust others who are being controlled by uh, substances. I think that's where it came from, but I have seen a huge, huge, huge shift. Absolutely. I think, you know, one of the things that you mentioned that I think is so good is that, you know, this uh, th- this idea of awareness. I think we're much more aware now of what addiction is and what addiction is not. Um, I remember very clearly when I got sober, uh, my thought of it being a moral failing. Why couldn't I control alcohol? Why was I unable to manage my life effectively? Why that if I was not able to stay away from that first drink, that there must be something wrong with me deep down in the core. Now, I will say that I do believe that as a practicing alcoholic, I was out of integrity, meaning I was not in my in, in the center, right? I was out of the center. So in, in some ways, I think that's absolutely true is that we miss the mark of what we could be. But is that a moral failing? I don't really think so, right? Much of it is just the addiction process. There are some people who are prone to more weight gain. There's some people that are prone to less weight gain, right? There's some people that can't eat strawberries. There's other people that can't eat strawberries. So the world has a range of things that people can and cannot do. I think the issue is like you said, Anne, there's been so many experiences with, uh, with, with negative experiences with people 
that have been alcoholics, right, when they've been out there, whether it's been car accidents or uh, family outbursts or letting kids or parents down, right? Uh, there's been so much of that that I think that when you use the term alcoholic, when you use the term addiction, people automatically gravitate towards this negative connotation of who you are, right? So there seems to be this idea of how can I then build back integrity in recovery? How can I build this back? I'm going to share a little experience that I had been dating somebody in college for a long time. Uh, it was several years. And uh, when I got sober, uh, they were out of the country. I went to go pick uh, this, this girl up at her, at her uh, family's house in San Diego. And I told her what was going on. And her response was, is I, I don't want to have, I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody who's an alcoholic, even though I was, had said, Hey, I'm an alcoholic and I'm getting help. Right. Um, and the reason for that is that they had a family member who was an alcoholic who put the family through total hell and never got sober. Right. So, on one hand, I was just like, oh, man, I remember that feeling of like, there must be something really wrong with me. I already knew there was something wrong with me when it came to addiction that I couldn't stop drinking and that it was so hard to stop and that going through all the emotions of early sobriety and all this other stuff. But this feeling that I was somehow out of integrity because I was honest about my situation, right? Very, very painful. Very, 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 very painful. And then on the other hand, too, Anne, I think, look, the reality is, is we do do things that when we are in active addiction that aren't in integrity. And then when we get sober, we have this realization that it wasn't in integrity and we want to try to fix it. What was your process, Anne, when it came to that? Were there things that after you sobered up and you started, you know, and I know in your case, you worked a 12 step program. And as you got into it and did the deal, were there things that you realized it was like, wow, ways maybe that I was living, that you were living your life that were not in integrity? Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and I will tell you, um, I, well, first I did have a similar experience with the relationship because, uh, when I was, uh, I was actually dating somebody very seriously. We were talking about getting married, moving to Phoenix, the whole bit. This was when we were in New York and he was like, you have to stop drinking. <clears throat> I said, okay. You know, anyways, I, I did go and I, I, I took the steps. I was doing so well. I was like three months in, he's like, you know, um, I know your program has to come first. I, I, I'm amazed how, you know, how well you're doing, but I can't come second. So it was like, okay. At that point I had to like make a decision. You know, do I choose him first? If I put him first, that means I don't do the things I'm supposed to do. I don't go to the meetings. And he was he was drinking. He was not an alcoholic. So if I'm going to hang out in bars with him, go to, you know. And, and I knew at that point that I had found something that was about me. I was not willing to give myself up for anybody. And that's the first thing that I got. So I chose, you know, obviously I chose to stay in a program and let him go. And, you know, like a year or so later when I saw him, it was like, damn. I'm so glad we didn't decide to get married. It was, you know, it was more like 
you know, making a decision from just habit of being with somebody who wanted me kind of thing, right, if you will. So, yeah, that's it. And yes, I've been in integrity. And as a matter of fact, I will tell you, one of the things that I had to um, uh, mindfully, you know, look at is uh, whenever making a decision or, you know, not, not knowing what the right thing is because I was for so long being a people pleaser, being a chameleon, being all the different things that I wasn't sure was me. Like it was so many aspects of me. I wasn't sure what was real me, what was not, because I just, I didn't really know who I was. And so this one thing I want to kind of share was, so whenever making a decision or doing something is like, who am I making right? Me or mom or dad or boyfriend or husband or wife, whatever is asking that question. And then second part is others' negative thoughts about me or others' positive thoughts about me. So we become so, you know, uh, used to showing up a certain way out of integrity, you know, in certain relationships. If they think of us a certain way, we do that. So a lot of times we show up in a negative way because of somebody else's thoughts or how we are negative. Oh, they think that's what I do. I might as well do that. Or if somebody thinks positive of us, oh, they they, they see me in that way. I love that. I want, to, I want to show up more in that way when I'm with them. And so integrity goes both ways. Like, who am I making right? That's that. That's a, you know, negative integrity, right? That's what you think I am. I'm going to be integrity with showing up the way you think I am, whether it's good or bad. So that's one way of being in integrity, right? Uh, I don't know. So is that making sense? If if it sounds like uh, it's confusing, because I was very very confused. Uh, when you don't know who you are, it's easy to go this way and that way. Uh, when you, especially if you're depending on other people's opinion of you. And in my case, that was true. Absolutely. It makes total sense, Anne. I mean, I think the thing is, is that this there's a couple things that you said that I wanted to highlight here. One is this boomerang effect, right? Where we sober up, we start going through recovery, we start working on ourselves, we start having more self-realization, we start becoming more accepting to make the change, we start moving into action and making change. And we boomerang the other way. We become hyper-responsible, hyper-rigid when it comes to that, right? And uh, we won't do anything. Like, I, I remember somebody told me that uh, they, when they were out doing their thing, that uh, they had done a lot of, like, uh, stealing, right, to support their habit. And now, when they're at a restaurant and they have a soda machine and it's like a, a self-serve, they won't get refills unless they ask if refills are free, right? And it was interesting, this huge boomerang. And I remember this person just be totally self-obsessed with that they had to be honest and in integrity, right? Uh, and I, I found that kind of ridiculous at first, but then I looked at the situation and how far that person had come. And I was like, you know what? I totally see that. I totally see this is that you know this person in recovery wants to be diligent with the integrity they want to do what they say they are going to do right and i think that was one of the biggest breakthroughs that i had was the importance and of doing what you say that you're going to do and then doing it right like 
that was the biggest thing in integrity, the biggest step. You know, I remember somebody said, hey, Damon, you say a lot of things. You should start writing them down. And I started writing down every time I said I was going to do something like, oh, yeah, we could go have coffee or, oh, yeah, we could go do this. Right. Or, yeah, I'll meet you there. I'll give you a call. And I had no intention of doing that. But I was just doing it to either placate the person or to be nice or socially, whatever. I, I was unable to be honest with myself and others regarding certain things. And I remember I started writing this down. And so part of the step for me of transitioning into uh, a world of integrity and building integrity was simply showing up on time and doing what I said I was going to do. And I'd love your thoughts. Oh, Damon, you, you are so, so on point with that. And uh, as a matter of fact, I have, I have started really paying very close attention to what I say I'm going to do, not only from my perspective, you know, also like, who am I speaking with and how they might take that? What does this mean to them? Like in your example, when you say, yeah, we'll show up there, we'll have a cup of coffee. Well, for you, it's like, oh, I'm just going to show up, have a, have a cup of coffee. Maybe, maybe not, not a big deal. But the person you're saying it to, you might be really important to them. And they're so looking forward to it. And if you don't show up, they, <clears throat> excuse me, if you don't show up, it's like, oh, another person let me down. It could be another blow to them, whereas it was not that important to us. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so, as a matter of fact, I have gotten up. Take it over. I'll be right back. I need a sip of water. Yeah, no problem. I, lo I love what you're saying is that just saying things, you don't know what it means to other people. You know, one of the things that was so great is that in recovery is being able to work on integrity before I was a parent. Because I realized the importance when I was a parent of you have to do what you say you're going to do, right? So if you say you're going to show up, you show up. If you if you if you if you say you're going to do something, you follow through with it, right? And this is super super important. I mean, it's a big deal in my life now, and I think it's a big deal specifically because I came from a place where it was very hard to do an active addiction, and I realize it's a very slippery slope. And that being able to just do what I say that I'm going to do is such a huge, it, it creates so many positive things. And, you know, another thing, Anne, too, I just, I, I, I would love to hear your thoughts if you, if, if you want, is that also communicating, and this came a little bit later, right, in my recovery, this is more of a codependency thing for anyone that's listening right now that's codependent, is that communicating to people when I couldn't do something, you know, like maybe I tried to do something, but Hey, I'd love to show up to help you out to move or whatever. I remember early recovery. It's like, yeah, I'd love to show up, but then I got a shift at a, a job or I had to do it, or I didn't have a transportation issue. It was maybe out of my control being able to actually call that person and say, Hey, I said I was going to do this, but I was, I'm unable to do it. And this is why, right? just being able to communicate when you're not able to do something as well. Oh, that, that's, a, that's a big, big, big part of it. Um, when we're not able to do something, to show up and say, I'm so sorry, that takes guts, that takes 
courage. It takes integrity. It just it shows up. It says you're important to me. I'm going to respect our relationship. I'm sorry I couldn't do this, but I wanted you to know. Maybe you can get somebody else to do it, or maybe we need more time to do it. Whatever it is, and it shows up in so many ways because that building trust whether personal or business when somebody says they're going to do something at a particular time in a particular way we kind of expect them to do it because it usually has an effect on us you know emotionally or you know business-wise whatever and when when that piece is missing it could be it could be a cog in a wheel that really makes a mess of ours you know whatever whatever situation it may be so just knowing that somebody's showing up and saying look i'm not going to be able to show up then we can get somebody else or we can wait or whatever so it's a big part of it but the the point is that we're able to trust that person to either show up to do it or to show up and help us figure out a solution and that's the thing and i i do want to one of the things that i that i do whenever whenever i'm working on something and it hasn't quite showed up and i examine myself or did i was i realistic in what i said i could do or did i do what i said i was going to do as well as i thought i was going to do and it's just basically i actually even you know uh write it and, and put it somewhere so I, I see it says when i restore my integrity my integrity with myself that means that my integrity when i say i'm going to show up and say or do whatever it is and others because it's usually it's not <clears throat> it's not just about me everything in my life with a personal business involves other people right and others it will happen whatever the end result is because we're usually saying we're going to do something because there is an end result attached to it you know if i tell you oh we're going to show we're going to have dinner we we're expecting to have a wonderful time at dinner there's an expectation so you know you're always looking at the end result what is the what is the end result what is the prize if i show up in integrity with myself and in integrity with you what's going to happen we're going to have a wonderful time having dinner having fascinating conversations whatever it is you know however long it may be how you know something small or something big anyway so it's when i restore my integrity with myself and others it will happen whatever it may be and that that's kind of how i roll with everything i just break it down and see what do i need to do from my side. You know, I what I love about what you just said, Anne, is that I think this is such a confusing, confusing topic for people that they look, they they realize maybe, hey, I'm out of integrity in early recovery, right? Or maybe we're in recovery for years and you feel that you're out of integrity. And it just seems too overwhelming to try to be able to repair all of it. Right. And I think, you know, one of the one of the things that I heard early on that made a huge impact with me was the power of being able to stay sober day to day. And you know, if anybody's listening to this, I, you know, I don't know who's listening to this. Obviously we do replay this on the podcast and here on Recovered Life, uh, uh, here on Clubhouse. So, you know, people listen to these in the replay and sometimes I'll get little, you know, messages uh, from people after that. But, I, you know, if you're listening to this and you feel that you are out of integrity, right? and it seems so overwhelming that you can't do it, the mere process of just staying sober day to day will bring you into more integrity. 
So many people have judgmental people in their lives. When we first get sober, and maybe we've done things, right? We've let people down. We've disappointed them. We've lived outside of integrity. And now we want to build that up. We're looking at this. It's so overwhelming. How do we do it? Well, it's just like eating an elephant bite by bite, right? Just the mere fact that you show up and that you stay sober is going to have a massive impact on you and everyone around you. This is something that I've noticed. Um, I was one of the first males in my family to get sober and to stay sober, right? I have noticed with my extended family, not by doing sobriety perfectly because I haven't, not by being not making missteps in recovery because I have, but the sheer simple fact of staying sober day to day, I've watched my nieces and nephews and people around me and my family uh, have the courage to take changes, to make changes that they never would have made. Also, the ability, just the impact that you have on your family and people around you is massive. Now, I did not see this at first. I did not see this year 10. I did not really even see this year 20. But between year 20 and 29, I've really seen this. Because the difference is, is I grew up in a house with a father that drank alcoholically. My kid grew up in a house with a father that never drank. She never saw me drink. Just breaking that pattern, just simply by staying sober, if I did nothing else, had a massive, massive impact. So don't sell yourself short if you feel I'm never going to fix it. They're never going to look at me differently. They're always going to look at me as being out of integrity. Don't worry. Things do change. Oh, Damon, I love that. You know, it's incremental. Well, first, it, like you said, first, it's um, being integrity, building trust with myself that I will show up. I will not pick up. I will do what I say one day at a time, right? But then what happens is people in our circle, um, they see us doing things at first. Like, are you really going to oh, wait a minute? She's doing it. Oh, wait, he's doing it. Okay. So it's incremental trust building, right? And so that happens early on. As soon as we stop, people are watching because people who care about us, believe it or not, we may not feel like we're connected to a lot of people, but we are, we impact people's lives. So people are watching. And so as we move forward, you know, showing up and build trust with ourselves and we build trust with others because we show up in integrity and relationship. And like you, uh, my daughter has never seen me drink ever. She never saw her father drink. And so uh, she's 24 now. She's, yeah, she's 24 years old. And, um, which is wonderful because, uh, she can be around people who drink and she's okay with them drinking, but she understands the emotional impact of people who drink too much. And she understands the mindset because she was raised with a different mindset to believe in herself, not so much in other people. So the changes that we bring on to ourselves, we automatically share it with others around us. They see us in action. 
They see us struggling. They see us dealing with things. They see us showing up and doing what we have to do. In other words, being in integrity with ourselves. So we do impact other people's lives. And so, you know, it, I, I just love it that, you know, your kids never saw you drink, you know, and, and it's a different way of life for them as opposed to the way we were raised where, you know, with my, if you're, you know, in my house, it was like, yeah, if you're happy, you drink, you celebrate, you drink, you got a tummy ache, here's a shot of vodka, it warms the tummy. So if you feel bad, you drink, if you're celebrating, you drink, so you just drink, you know, it was, that was the mindset, right? And so what is the household that you were raised in? What is the mindset? And again, I'm going to go back to who are you making right? Other people's negative opinions and negative expectations of you or other people's positive thoughts and expectations of you. We can choose who we make right. And the, 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 the biggest one is the, the one between our two ears. You know, uh, am I making my negative thoughts right or am I making my positive thoughts right about myself? So love, love, love this deep conversation there, Damon. Back over to you. You know what? I love that, Anne. And I think one of the things that came up as a second edition, and we talked about this idea of how to build integrity is just showing up, right? Just showing up and being there. I think number two for me is being able to let go of other people's opinions. Um, I have found uh, one of the sad things that I have found in recovery is that even though you change, even though you can make massive positive changes, there are some people that will not let go of who you used to be, right? And you know that you're not the same person as you used to be. And you know that you don't live out of integrity. You live in integrity, but they can, they can never see it, right? And I've learned to be able to let go of those people and not take it personally, right? That really it's an issue more about them and their ability to be able to forgive and move on, their ability to see that other people change, right? It's not necessarily about me uh, and I need to be able to let that go. And there are some people that will never accept the fact that you're in recovery. I'll tell you, uh, usually the first people that don't like uh, that if you're in recovery are people that have you in a certain role in your family. Also other family members and friends who have addiction issues. Getting sober is very threatening to them. It disrupts friendships, friend groups, family units. Christina Dennis talks a lot about this in setting healthy boundaries. As you start to set boundaries, in your recovery, if you start to say, actually, I'm not going to go to the bar because I haven't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to alcohol. I'm a recovered alcoholic and I don't believe it's a safe place for me to go right now. And they shame you or make you feel bad or don't really care. It's all about them. And they make you feel bad. And I've had this happen, right? With, with friends. That that's maybe somebody that you have to live and say, you know what, maybe this person at this time isn't going to be able to accept this. And you have to choose the, the level of access. It's like a website, you know, uh, Christina on the Recovered Life uh, uh, website, you know, Christina and I both have access to the website. 
But if somebody came in and was maybe just helping us with the blog post, they wouldn't have access at a domain level. They might have access at a blog level, right? And you sometimes have to look at this, especially with people in your life, who's safe and who's not safe. And being able to let go of people. Now, it doesn't mean like, look, you're, you know, Aunt Matilda uh, or, you know, Cousin Chuck, who's been in your life. It's not that you're never going to talk to them again, but maybe they don't have the same kind of access to what's going on to you right? As someone who maybe understands a little bit better. Um, it's okay to do that. You know, we talk about this in setting healthy boundaries. We talk about this in our holiday course, which we're going to be, you know, bringing up again here in the next couple of weeks is that part of creating a safe space for yourself in recovery is understanding your limits and limits with people. And if there's somebody who will never let it go, that you used to be an alcohol, that, that you used to be a drinker, that used to cause problems, and it's been years now, right? And they're still going. I think you have to question, do you really need these people in your life, right? Because people who want to try to bring you out of integrity aren't in integrity to themselves. And we're, we're naming integrity here is, is back to the center, right? Because ultimately, that's really what we want in recovery. I think that's what we're all searching we're searching kind of that modernity to be able to get back into the center of who we are, our higher power, and where we belong, right? And, a, and, a, and away from that. So if people are constantly bringing you down, I think you have to question, are these people that I can really build a, a life of integrity with? And did you have people like that in your life that just would never let it go? Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And those are the people usually, um, they don't, we somehow make them realize there's something going on with them. We put the spotlight on what's with them because water seeks its own level. The people that I used to go clubbing with for two or three days at a time in New York, I couldn't hang out with them anymore. So when they would call and say, you want to go clubbing? I'm like, no, I can't. After a while, they stopped calling. So I didn't have to really say, you can't be my friend. I was like, no, I can't go right now, right? And then as, as I have evolved over the years, as my life has evolved, as my business has evolved, my family has evolved, different people come in, different people go. And I haven't really had to just cut, I think uh, just a couple, but I haven't really had to cut people off because um, what I what I noticed is that as I evolve, the conversations that I have with them, if they're not feeding their negative or whatever it is that they were getting from me because we were on the same level. Uh, we're not commiserating, you know, uh, they just like, they're, they're not getting what they need. They would stop calling. They would call fewer and fewer times a week. Or then after a while, it was like weeks at a time I wouldn't hear. They just, they just kind of, you know, uh, and I let it go. It was, it was really the process of internally releasing and uh, just being willing to accept in a lot of cases, letting God do for me what I could not do for myself or didn't really need to do for myself. As long as <clears throat> I was focusing on, you know, 
what's working for me, who I want to be, the kind of person I want to be, the life I want to live, the people who were not congruent with it just didn't want to be around me. And then I was, I saw this whole group of other people would come in who were on that level energetically and emotionally and spiritually and, you know, in, in integrity level too. So it just, for me, it was never really a hard thing where, no, I'm not going to. And with family members, like you said, I don't have to cut off family members because we have to see them holidays or whatever. But then just sometimes, you know, it's just listening to them and just saying, okay. You know? So anyways, uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's what I got. You know, man, I found that those people are the most messed up. Like looking back now, I thought the people who were like that, that more judgmental were the people who on the outside looked like they had it all together but really on the inside after years were the most disturbed and out of the center, right? And that what was really going on with our interaction, many times the people that were the most hardcore, it had really less to do with me at the end of the day and more to do with how they viewed themselves and their role in it. It wasn't about that I was in recovery. It was about what does Damon being, Damon being in recovery mean about me, right? And this, was a, this is a shift of perspective, but a very important shift. You'll find that the people who will argue with you the most about getting sober typically are the people who have the most internal conflict and also probably are addicted themselves, either as a codependent are actually an active addiction. And the, the idea that you would get into recovery threatens them because it, they have to ask, well, if they were able to do this or they had to do this for themselves, what does this mean about me? It's a, it's a, it's a very human thing. It happens a lot. You know, I know as a coach, I will tell you, I deal with a lot about this in, in the holidays. Christina and I actually do segments on it. We've got recovered life segments just on this about how to deal with people who are very negative towards you getting and staying sober. It's a very real thing. It happens, unfortunately, a lot, but it's something that you can overcome. I'd like to welcome some people up to the stage to join the conversation. Laura has joined us. How you doing, Laura? Hey, everyone. I'm Laura. Uh, I'm an alcoholic, and I have really enjoyed this conversation. And uh, Damon, you, you, you stopped me in my tracks and I actually had to write down in my journal, um, what you said that some people can never let go of the person you used to be. Um, that's very profound to me. Um, so I'm going to relate it to what's going on right now in my life. Yesterday was my birthday and you know, I, um, for those who know me, you know, that I, I have four adult children and um, my two boys, I have really um, reformed a beautiful relationship with them. Just beautiful, Be uh, uh, beyond my wildest dreams, as they say in the promises of AA. Um, and then my girls, my two adult girls, you know, really do not speak to me since my relapse uh, 19 months ago. And it has been really hard. And so yesterday, my birthday, uh, 
you know, it was nine o'clock last night and I had great conversations, FaceTimes, text messages, you name it with the two boys. I also shared my birthday with one of the boys. So it was really just, just a beautiful day. But by around nine, nine thirty last night, I hadn't heard from either of the girls. And, you know, I did not let that get me down as I had in years past yesterday. And your words are the words. Some people can never let go of the person you used to be. I don't know where those girls are in their journey. I don't know where they are in their detachment from me. I don't know. I don't know their feelings really. I, and it's not something that I can pursue to, you know, to reach out. I've tried to say, let's talk about it. I respect wherever you are, any of those things, but they just, they are in a place that I can't, I, I decided yesterday when I opened my eyes, this, this birthday is going to be different. I'm not, you know, I had no big celebration, no big party, but it was one of the best birthdays I ever had because I lived in the gratitude of the moment of what I have. And those are my two beautiful sons and a lot of other people. They made me feel super special at work. And my best buddy came over last night and we had a great dinner together and she brought me flowers and blues. It was great, but I didn't let the girls get me down. And then by 9.30 last night, my youngest daughter sent me a text message wishing me a happy birthday and I was shocked, um, but so grateful. So now I sit here today and I'm listening to you say about people who can never let go of the person I used to be. And I think, well, my oldest daughter, maybe the youngest one who reached out to me, maybe Maybe there's a crack. Maybe there's the slightest crack. Whatever it is, she thought enough to reach out. And for that, I'll take it just as it is and I'll be grateful. For the oldest one, I don't know where she is, but she's hurting. Something is something about our relationship, the hurt that I've inflicted on her is still so painful in her life. And so I've just decided that I'm not going to let her feel, make me feel bad about myself. And that's what I had decided yesterday. And boy, I had a great day. And that's the way I want to stay in that. I want to stay in this moment of don't let that make me feel bad and negate the hard work that I've done and negate the progress that I've made more work to do. I ha I'll have work to do till the day I die. And I know that and I'll be an alcoholic who needs to to deal with that and battle that till the day I die. I know and have respect for that, but I can't let her let me down. I can only continue to be the best person I could be. And I appreciate your words in reminding me of that, that even when it's family, even it's when it's your child who I love more than anything in this universe, I can't sit in it. I can't sit in her feelings, whatever they are and how, I can't live in how it makes me feel. I have to turn it around and focus on the blessings, focus on the positive, focus on what I can do today to be the best person I can be. So if that text message comes at 930 at night, which it did, I'm sober, I'm, I'm aware, I'm happy, I'm in good headspace, and I could respond to it with gratitude. So thanks for letting me share. So great, Laura. Thank you so much and happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. That's amazing. 
and I, I definitely relate to what you're saying. I mean, you, you, you made me remember a story that, you know, I grew up with a father who was an alcoholic and there was a lot of unpredictability, right? <clears throat> and one of the things I said that I would never be was a drinker. And I definitely would never be an alcoholic. If you were to catch me at nine or 10, I'd say one of the things I'm never going to be is a drinker. You know, you caught me at 19, pretty much already an alcoholic by then, right? So the process of getting sober, I was able to, with some life lessons of my own, I was able to see how difficult it was for my father. It does not say, it does not mean that he gets off the hook for everything that he did, right? No, there's things that you're responsible for when you do. But it gave me a different perspective about when you are addicted to something and you don't have the tools, how hard it can be to really make change in your life, right? So... With perspective, I learned a lot. And, you know, my hope for you is that you just stay sober day to day. And I think what you're going to see, in my opinion, is you're going to see amazing things happen that you could not have planned by just simply living in integrity, doing it day to day, doing the best you can, and moving forward. And I'll turn it over to you. Hey, yeah, it was, uh, uh, yeah, happy, happy, happy birthday, Laura. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to hear the shift in you and um, the choosing to have a beautiful day. You know, and I, I that's that's the that's the biggest part, and and I, I know that it took some doing to to build a relationship with your sons, and kudos for having your daughter, the younger one, call you at nine thirty, you know, and the part that jumped out at me is that um, you said whatever pain you had caused along the way to the oldest one, she's still she's still dealing with it, and. Um, uh, and that really touched my heart because, you know, it, it, you know, our children don't get mad at us because, you know, they're just happy, joyful, and free. They remember things. And, and you know, and sometimes it's about, you know, it's about grace. It's about giving ourselves the time and giving them the time and the, and the grace to actually uh, heal. And um, so um, here's a having your oldest daughter be there with you for your next birthday having all four of your children together celebrating together and that's that's my wish for you and happy happy birthday that's just wonderful well Anne, this has been an amazing recovered life discussion you know integrity can be so confusing the idea and daunting how are you going to build integrity over a lifetime of trying to be and stay sober, right? How are you going to do that? And I think we've tapped on a couple of things here. There's obviously a much bigger conversation about this and a conversation I think unfolds and gets bigger as you are sober longer. But I think we did tap on a couple of things here. If anyone's listening to this now or maybe on the replay or the podcast and they feel that they need some more information we would love to help at Recovered Life. You can go to recoveredlife.us 
forward slash Damon Frank. And you can contact me with me there. You can set up a free call if you need to walk through anything, get unstuck in an area of your recovery. It's 100% free. You can also join the Recovered Life community. We've got discussions just like this, podcasts, uh, breakout sessions between my partner and I, Christina Dennis, where we talk about all kinds of things in sobriety. So definitely check that out at the website at recoveredlife.us. I'd like to thank Anne. Anne, thank you so much for showing up every week and being in integrity and really bringing such wisdom and grace to the conversation. Where can people find out more about you and what you have going on, Anne? Well, always a pleasure being here with you, Damon. Uh, you know, it, it actually is an is a part of my recovery, my living a sober life. It, um, it's not it's not about just you know not not drinking. That thank God hasn't been an issue for many many years, but li- being of sober mind, being of sober spirit, and you know, and that helps. And having these discussions in this room makes me actually focus on that, and you know, bring out the measuring stick. Where am I with that today? And the insights that we always share you know, with each other, you know, everybody who comes into the room is just, yeah, it's so, so helpful. So it's, it's a big part of giving and receiving, and it's just a beautiful place to be. And uh, to just, you can DM me, I'm at access to experts.com. We got some really cool stuff going on. We're interviewing actually health coaches for magazine style TV shows coming up. And, uh, you know, we're focused on health right now. Uh, but yeah, so doing some really cool things. It's all of it as we know everything comes from the mindset and being integrity with uh, with ourselves that's where we get the peace of mind and the courage and the trust that we build within ourselves is where everything is built on so thank you thank you damon for always doing this happy to be here well thank you always good to see you every week it's a huge part of my recovery as well um you know guys i think the final thought here on integrity and building integrity you know, if, if you're listening to this and you just this man, it's just so overwhelming. I think just being able to listen and then to have a discussion about it is a huge first step. And I do believe that if you practice it day in, day out, you just show up, you're going to find, you're going to look back and you have. If you are newly sober, trying to get sober, or you've been sober for decades and are looking to take your sobriety to the next level, the Recovery Breakthrough six-week transformation concierge coaching program might be right for you. Have Damon Frank and Christina Dennis build a custom roadmap to get you on the path to getting what you really need. Receive hands-on concierge coaching and stay focused and productive with our daily check-ins. If you're ready to experience your recovery breakthrough and start the journey towards the transformation you deserve, book a free get to know you call today and find out what is possible in your recovery. To find out more about recovery breakthrough and to book your free call, go to recoveredlife.us. That's recoveredlife.us. Built integrity.